Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and you made it! You've made it back to Outside the Sheds. I am your host. I guess you could say you're Shed Adamus. This last week made me start to look in the mirror. Thank God I look, liked what I looked back at or looked back at me. But he wasn't a winner. Not for that week he wasn't. My God, I don't know what to do with myself sometimes. But enough of that. Welcome. Here I am. You've been waiting. We are here. Ding, ding, ding. Start the bell like I'm in the ring with Tim Zoot. No, I'm not. Uh, no. No, thank you. Welcome, everybody. It's good to have you, Shedheads. This is another incredible episode. We're going to share this this week like we do every week. So let's get into this. You know I like to always give the rundown for the week that we just got done having uh, for the NRL. Um, but I want to start off by saying and talking quickly about the power of Outside the Sheds. Now, I cannot confirm or deny fully the facts of this case, but I think if we put one and one together, it's going to equal two. Now, I know some of you that struggle, you might have got three with that equation, but that's not what we're talking about. What I'm saying is the combined forces of the force that is the shed heads, outside the sheds, this weekend, the AFL is back on our airwaves in the United States of America. That wasn't me even clapping. That was the studio audience. But what I'm saying is the power, the power that we must control. Because I've been saying it for weeks now. We can't do the coverage that we'd like to do about the great game besides rugby league, Aussie rules football. That's why we came together here. Well, heck, that was some of our fun we had to start this thing off. Was the playoffs last year. The, the yellow and black, the Tigers. The Brisbane Lions, 2020, up at, up at the Gaba. That's some of it. We haven't been able to give it the full coverage it deserved. Well, thank you for listening, AFL. Thank you for listening, Fox. Fox, thank you for spending time not worrying about conspiracies, but getting good sports on the field. That's what I'm talking about. I don't need to say anything else. Do I there? Do I? Okay. But what I'm saying is we've got it. And it really looks like they're going to kick in full force because I think there's five matches, four or five matches for sure, that are going to be on your airwaves on uh, Fox Soccer Channel and on uh, FS1 and FS2 uh, starting this weekend. So I, I thank gosh I got to watch one of them this weekend. I got to watch uh, the power go up and get handed their, how should I say, their lightning bolt to them by the uh, Brisby Lions up at the Gaba. The Lions played very, very well. So we'll get into all this a little bit later because we're going to have a little segment set aside for a little AFL as we go down the stretch here. Now, I will tell you before we get into that, we do not have the coverage that you're expecting from your Shed Adamas with the AFL this week. But you'll see as I start into our segment on the AFL that it's got a place and that we'll be getting deeper and deeper into the game as we go into it. We're in week seven, so uh, we got to get moving. We got to get moving. So thank you, AFL, and thank you, Fox. I can't believe I'm just saying that. Let me change that. Thank you, Fox Sports Australia. But let's get into this week's scores. 
for the NRL. Round eight. And we started off on Thursday with the Rabbit Toes and the Raiders in the nation's capital. And I predicted this one. Thank gosh I predicted at least one of them. But the Rabbit Toes, 34, Raiders, 20. Benji Marshall. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that, that he... It, you know what it must be? It must be the Fox Marshall socks that I see he wears. I don't know if you guys have got a picture of this, but Benji is inside the sheds wearing socks with his son's face all over them. So maybe if you need to change your life around, uh, well, let's change this. It's almost Mother's Day. If some of you have a beautiful spouse that might have given you a beautiful little sex trophy or son or daughter, um, maybe you need to give mama a pair of socks with him, you know, with your son or daughter all over them. Who knows what you might get for it? I don't know, but I'll tell you what it gets Benji Marshall. Fox Socks gets Benji Marshall starting playing time and man the match. Thank you, Channel 9, for that. But let's go on the other side of this right now. And the other side of this is we've got problems in the nation's capital. Yes, the Raiders showed a little spark. Yes, they showed a little spunk. Yes, some people say that that an obstruction penalty might have changed maybe the outcome of that game. I'm not going to go that far because the rules and laws of the game, that was an obstruction penalty. Now, was it a little tic-tac? Sure, but a penalty is a penalty. If you get a speeding ticket for doing 50-59 in a 55 zone, guess what you did? You broke the law. You did 59. Here's your ticket. Now, we're not going to be happy about that, but you broke the law. So, with me laying it down so all of you can understand, Shedheads, yes, it was a penalty. But we're going to go into a little bit of the problems that might be going down in the nation's capital and more rumblings that are coming out a little bit later down in the show. Next, we had the Sharkies at the Storm. And, wow, 40-14, to 14, Belly Aches boys handed it to the dis disgruntled. I guess that's the only word you could use it for the Sharks right now because they are so lost. They still play with that Sharks fight in some ways. But I, I, I said something last week when we were together. I said that I'm worried that the Sharks might have lost a little bit of hope, that the Sharks might not really be where they need to be mentally uh, in this whole grand scheme of things. And and I, you know, you lose, you you get rid of a coach that's loved like Coach Morris was, a straight shooter like that. And I and I find it very hard in today's day and age, and with the way players are today, players can be very very emotional today. That these guys were just going to say, okay, we're just going to keep playing hard. And I'm not saying that the Sharks are not playing hard because that's one of the one of the things you can always say about a Cronulla side is they play hard. Uh, and, and we saw Wade Graham go down again. Thank God they're saying that he just took a shot to the cheek and they just wanted to make sure he didn't break his cheek. It, it worries you. Because if Wayne Graham goes down again within the next two to three weeks because of a head knock, we're going to be looking at this man's career a little bit more in detail because of that. But I think that the Sharks are in real trouble. I really do. And it's sad to say because, you know, we still have quite a few weeks left in this in this campaign, in this season. But I think they're in trouble. Next, the match of the round to me. The match of the round to me. I'm not going to go into detail about it now because I've got a full segment for this one. But let's just put it this way. This is what I'm going to say. 
Another Tigers player possibly let go. Hint, 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 hint. Not going to go into detail, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Because once again, another discarded Tigers player showed their value and showed what they can do for that Brisbane Broncos side. Now, this game had more twists and turns than a Danielle Steele novel. And I don't even read Danielle Steele novels. I just know what they are. But that being said to you guys, you know what I'm talking about when I say that game was two totally different games and no one knew what who was coming out behind the curtain later on. Panthers and the Sea Eagles then. And, you know, the Eagles once again displayed the heart that they really have with their heartbeat back in turbo. But the Panthers are just the Panthers. And the Panthers won that one 28-16. And it became a tighter match in the second half. Desi's boys did come back and show some fight and, and some real spark in the second half. But you have probably the, let's say it, it's not probably the informed halves of the competition with Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. And those guys just, I don't see those guys ever letting a lead, a big lead, escape them. Because they just have control. Thunder and lightning. They're just not gonna they're just not gonna allow their team to lose. Then I don't I don't need to go in a lot, a lot of talk about this one. Eels 32, Bulldogs 10. This was like bringing a knife into a, an assault rifle uh, um, camp, academy, whatever you want to say. Uh, it was a, a lot of firepower against butter on the other side of a butter knife. That's all I have to say to that one. And it wasn't even that close. Roosters 38, Knights 4. A masterclass performance by the Chooks. A lot of questions need to be asked up in the Hunter and for the Knights. And I know they've lost. I know they've lost Mitchell Pierce. But at the same time, Mitchell Pierce isn't coming back next week. Mitchell Pierce isn't coming back for three more weeks. Mitchell Pierce is not coming back for the foreseeable future with the type of injury that he has to the pack area. So yes, you have Kalen Ponga, but you have a skinnier Kalen Ponga than maybe any of us have seen since maybe his first season when he was, what, 13 years old? Okay, that's a joke. But I'm saying he was a young teen. He's not much older now. But Kalen Ponga can't be the only reason that the Knights that the Knights can win a game. They just can't. He, he, he has, you know, they have to do more. They have players on that team that have experience. They have players on that team that have been in origin camps and they need to step up. Because Nathan Brown can't, you know, he just, these guys can't, these coaching staffs can't say much to these players. You know, Nathan Brown last year tried a bunch of things with them, you know, and it kind of fell on deaf ears to an extent. So, I, I don't know what to say about the Knights. I, I, they have such a great fan base. But I think that you just kind of are worried that this might be another lost season for. So they're really going to have to show something this week. Now, that being said about the Knights, we look at the Roosters. And like I said, a masterclass performance by them. And the Chooks, you know, Hollywood Walker. You know, we'll we'll talk about Sam Walker a little bit later. And, and, and let's think about this. I You know, I always pick on the Tigers about all the players that the West Tigers have let leave their camp. But... 
The Broncos have now let Sam Walker leave to go to the Roosters because they wanted to move him from the halves to fullback. That was a smart decision. And now they've let Reese leave to go to the Warriors. And he hasn't shown that he's got any type of NRL talent, has he? These two young guns are the, the these guys in 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 five weeks for Sam Walker, in two weeks for Reese. These guys, let's put it to you this way: they have become now the new face of the future for the NRL. In in you know five in five weeks total. And if these guys stay healthy, and we know that is a big if in this game. You've got another 10 to 15 years with these guys. 15 years from now, 15 years from now, Sam Walker is going to be 33 years old. Okay? 15 years from now, he is he is one year older than I think. Uh, wait, 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 no, no, let me do my math again. We'll go back with those figures later. But I'm just saying there are plenty of players that are trying to sign new contracts that are these guys' ages. It's 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 incredible. It's incredible that. But I think we've seen where the future is going. It's smaller players, and that's what the the league was switching for. They were switching away from a lot of these, these you know, putting penalties in place so creativity in the game could stay strong and continue to build. And it makes it fun, you know. It makes it fun if if every if every team has a Benji Walker type player from two thousand five. That can that can do just magical things from just playing footy from in front of you, from just reading the field and 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 letting the game dictate where you go. That's freestyle. That's freestyle footy. That's that's what everybody enjoys watching. That's what everybody enjoys watching. And we're getting players like this now. Dane Laurie with the Tigers. You know, it's it's just you know, and he has been the bright spot for the, for the, for the West Tigers all season. And the guy looks, the guy looks like he should. I, I, I don't even know. I'm saying he's a, he looks he looks like he's 160 pounds, and he gets hit and he gets right back up. He's they're tough. They're just tough players. These guys and 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 I know and I know you guys from watching it, Shedhead. You've seen that Sam Walker has still an injury with that shoulder. You know he's got he looks like he's got a big bump on one of it, but but it's a pad, and you can see how he walks. He doesn't even swing his arm a lot of times. You know, the question, yes, is if he can finish the entire season because he's going to get targeted. He's going to get hit. But for right now, you know, Hollywood Walker is leading the Chooks. But with all the positives I just said right now, again, the injuries for, for, for the Sydney Roosters, it's, it's, it's almost laughable because you just don't see it happening. We're going to go with a breakdown of what these guys have lost, what these team has lost, and that they're still in the top five with this. If, if you put these type of players that are out for them right now on any other team, they're a contending team, and they're playing without these guys right now. So next, we had the Warriors holding on for a 24-20 win over their old coach, Toddy Payton, and the Cows from North Queensland. Uh, I'm telling you, we just talked about Reese, but the, the, kid, is, the kid is special, and he's going to be fun to watch. 
Uh, and and I just think about that. They are getting ready to lose one of the best players that they have ever had in a Warriors jersey. And that's kind of not even the talk right now. The buzz is all about Reese Walsh. And that's got to put a smile on a lot of the, how should I say, power brokers for the Warriors. And then finishing out the round, that's right, the West Tigers 16, St. George Illawarra 6. Oh, excuse me, 8, 8, 8. Let's not take away those two points away from the Dragons because they earned them. And I don't know how to, what to even say about this match. Because really it was a horrible match. It was maybe one of the some of the worst footy we've seen for a while. The amount of mistakes in the first 10 minutes of that match was off the board. And it makes you wonder, and it makes you question, did the Tigers turn the corner or if the Dragons turn the corner to become the, that bad team that we thought they were going to be before the season started? That's the real question. Because I think all of us know that what the Tigers put on the field and the performance they did to get their 16 points in their victory, even though it might have, how should I say, put the Wolves at bay for another week for Madge and this team, those guys, are you going to try to tell me they're going to, that that style of football would beat any of the top five squads right now? Okay, they wouldn't beat the Panthers, wouldn't beat the Eels, wouldn't beat the Storm, we saw they couldn't beat the Sea Eagles. They just played them last week, and they're not even in the top five. Wouldn't have beat the Roosters. And probably wouldn't have beat the Raiders. So, do you really say that's turning the corner? Now, if they put, if they beat one of those five sides I just talked about, 16-8, to eight, now we're talking. But we're now talking about a a, a a St. George club that's lost three in a row. And they even had Ben Hunt back this week, their captain. So you tell me which which who is was it a, it was it a turning of the corner for the Tigers or a turning of the corner for the Dragons for that downward spiral that a lot of people picked them to have. So that was the that was what we had for round eight. Now I told you we were going to talk this about this a little bit more. Again, no matter how great Hollywood Walker was for the Roosters, and this is where I want to start, the injuries that came out of this match, you had Lindsey Collins and Brent Morris, BMOS going down with torn ACLs. Lindsey Collins, who is probably going to play for... Queensland in state of origin. That's how well he's been playing. Playing so well that Jerry Hargraves, Jerry Hargraves, thank you, thank you, tongue tying. Jerry Hargraves, oh my God, I can't believe I messed up his name. I love JWH. But anyway, that JWH has not started and has come off the bench. That's how good Lindsey Collins is and how well Lindsey Collins has been playing. And he's done. He's done for the season with an ACL. And then the sad thing, and, and I hope you guys have seen the footage, no matter how heartbreaking it is, to see inside the sheds after the match when Josh Morris goes up to console his brother. 
and the twins sitting next to each other, both of them with tears in their eyes, both of them knowing that their careers of possibly playing together is over forever. And the thing that's even more crushing about it was this was the match that Brett Morris was given the captaincy for. He was the captain this week for for the Chooks. And, And to get that type of honor and also be your last possible match because of an injury, the emotions in one day for this young man, I guess you shouldn't say he's a young man, right? They say he's the old man, right? That being said, for the guy to have to deal with that, it's gut-wrenching. And I don't know if I've ever seen a locker room, a shed, where a team just won by 34 points. And you think that you just heard that they found out that their wives or girlfriends cheated on them, their dog got hit by a car, and that their parents are not their parents. They found that all of that out within two minutes of each other that was what that shed was like it was it was really heartbreaking and sad to see but then it comes out we find out two days after the match the Sam Verrills who just came back from his ACL injury detached his retina in the match and played the entire match with the detached retina and if you don't understand Usually a detached retina happens to, it's, it's a very much a known injury for a lot of fighters. And it ends fighters' careers. Sugar Ray Leonard, the great fighter, um, pretty much had to end his career. Even though he did come back and have one match after he had a detached retina and he fought Marvelous Marvin Hagler. But that is not something you mess around with. You don't. And he played with it. Matter of fact, he, he apologized to his team for it. But now they're saying he's out again, possibly another eight to ten weeks. I, you, you've got a feel for Sam Verrills. I know we're talking a lot about Bima's, you know, Brett Morris and his career possibly ending. But this, the unluck for Sam Verrills, he, what he's having to go through. So I told you I wanted to go through these injuries that the Roosters have. Their captain has not played a game this season, even though I know Teddy's been the captain. But Boyd Cordner, still indefinite concussion. Billy Smith, shoulder, midseason. Lockie Lamb, knee, possibly coming back this round, but it's already been determined he won't be back this round, next round. Luke Keary, ACL, knee, season. Freddie Lussick, arm, possibly round 11 to 13. James Tedesco, HIA, Concussion, going to be back this round. So that's one positive that they have. But listen, I'm knocking on wood, Shedheads. I I am the last guy that wants anything to happen to these guys. They're gladiators. This is what I do. This is what I love doing. I love bringing this to you guys. But without protection for the head, without helmets, which we know there's very few guys that wear even the soft helmets, All of these guys are one head knock away or one swinging arm away from an HIA or a concussion. And and Teddy plays the game like his shorts are on fire. So he's running into an area where, you know, we're one shot away. But he will be back this round. Lindsey Collins, knee. Brett Morris, knee. Both gone for the season. Possibly a career for BMOS. And then 
now Sam Verrills detached retina. <laughs> Some teams would have just thrown the towel in already. Some teams would have said, that's my season. And that's what shows you the difference and the separation about what's going on in the eastern suburbs and what's going on with for the Chooks. And why they have continued under Rabo's tutelage and guidance, week in, week out, put a performance out there on the track no matter who is in that jersey. Who's ever putting on that tricolors jersey, they're performing. But how but with salary caps, how many more guys can keep going down for them to continue to go and be that way? But again, if there's one team that I would still say that they're going to be okay, it's them. It's them. So sad, sad, sad news for the Roosters. But again, I'm very excited to see how Robbo guides. You know, like they say, the resolve of a good captain isn't how he captains his boat when the rivers, when the waters are calm. It's how a captain leads his boat when the waters are rough. Don't forget that. I didn't copyright that, so you can use that, Shedheads. Just make sure you put, say my name after it. And, and say every, tell, everybody where, tell everybody where you heard it from, first off, because we need more of you. Now, let's go for the their big rivals. Let's pivot for a second. And I talked about this a little bit. Who are the real dragons? The dragons that started the season or just, you know, that had a four-game winning streak or the dragons that just lost three in a row? That's the big question. And I don't think any of us know. I think there's going to be a real, this match this week is really going to show us what the dragons are and who they are as a club. But the problem that they have is that Zach Lomax is out with a thumb. Does not look like he's going to need surgery. And that Cody Ramsey possibly has a broken rib. The two bright spots, you would say, of this season so far. For the Red V, period. And I and I don't know. And, I, and I'm very curious. And I'm going to say this. I am more curious about this than probably any other team right now to see which Dragons club shows up this week. I'm sorry, Tigers fans. I, I know. But you gotta love you gotta love the roar. But no, the red V is what I want to see. Because I think I truthfully know what's going on with the Tigers. I've told you this week in and week out. But the Red V, I'm very, very curious to see which club shows up this week. And they better, like I said, if they don't win this week, I think you will see a bad season get worse. And like I said, they still have a chance to salvage it. I'm saying they're still right there to make the top eight. But they've got to, they've got to pull their ship straight this week. Have to. Now, I want to talk just briefly. I'm not going to go into it for too, too terribly much. But I want to talk right now about what I saw 
for the big battle. And it's a, it's a grudge match. We know this. We know this. This is a big, big grudge match. But does... Did, how do I say this? Would, would one of you not have thought after how the Broncos and the Titans match started with the Titans going and scoring 22 in a row to go up 22 to nothing over the Broncos, did one of you not think that we were about ready to see a 60 to nothing game? And the reason I asked if, if, if one of you would stand up and say, I didn't think that was going to happen because you'd be the first because even your shed of dumps, even I thought, oh boy. Now, you know I picked the Titans in this match. And yeah, I, I, I thought it was going to get ugly. I thought it was going to get really ugly. But you got to ask yourself this right now. How do you how do you allow to, how do you how should I say score twenty two points and not say all right we clamp down from this point forward we still are gonna we're still gonna when we get the ball be us but now we've got to put the clamps down because how do you allow the Brisbane Broncos a team that has been a little beleaguered a team that's been a little bit lost a team that probably has not played anywhere close to what anyone was expecting them to kind of play. A lot of people thought that they were going to be a bottom team. But we just didn't know. They did, week in and week out, which, which one of Kevy's teams are going to show up. But Kevy always says to play with heart. And to play as hard as you can, as long as you can. Right? But even with that being said, I never saw 36 straight points coming from the Brisbane Broncos. And they did it. And they did it. And it, and it just, it, it was, it had me just transfixed watching it. I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, I just couldn't believe it. And and it, and it just, and and then they had this feeling like they were going to let it go. They were going to let, they were going to let it freaking fall away. And I was like, you can't. But I'm going to go back. And I told you that, that I was going to, again, bring up a player that was given up on. Tyson Gamble. The, the outcast, again, from the West Tigers, who Kebby gave the seven jersey to. Not Brody Croft, not, not Drearden, but he gave it to this young man. And the one thing that you always say and you always want to hear is when a player says, I just need my opportunity. I just need that chance. And he got it. And that kid played with fire. He played with heart. He led from the front. For a guy that by no means is a leader of the club, you would think, right? I, I, you and myself, we haven't been to training up at Redfern. Red Hill. Red area, whatever. But this young man's emotion of not giving up and they just they it, the wave just started happening it just started happening and i i don't it was it was an incredible match to watch i was so happy for kevy and then at the same time you know me picking the titans and me being a guy that thinks the titans have the possibility and the opportunity to do something special this year i looked at justin holbrook and i was like 
you know, you Justin Holbrook doesn't get too animated. By no means he's no he's no sticky or or or, or a belly ache or anything like that. But you know that Justin Holbrook is having a bad bad day when you see his face look like a tomato. And what I mean by that is the reddening of his cheeks because, you know, he's got to hold it in and and look sophisticated and look like he's in control. But the thermometer that was the red in his face was about 120 degrees. And I felt for the guy because I think deep down he doesn't know really what to do. I think he knows he's got a side that, that can do some incredible offensive uh, football, that he can do some incredible offensive football. But they look like a team that's like, okay, we're going to score. Okay, we're going to kick the ball to you guys, uh, you know, after we have our, our play of the ball. Um, if you score, that's cool because we're going to get the ball back. It's, you know, he even said that it was like, it was like teaching, it was like coaching, you know, an under-20s team. It, you know, I, I I think the same way that I don't even know how to put it to words is the same way that he's felt. So they've got a big challenge this week because we need to find out which Titans team is going to actually really show up. The team that thinks they can be in the top eight or the team that has been a bottom dweller for the last, you know, well, foreseeable for the last 10 years almost. Because they're going up against the Tigers at Campbelltown. They're just lucky the Tigers haven't played well at home for a very, very long time. But who says it's not going to be this week? So big, big questions for Justin Holbrook. So those are the big things I I took out of round eight and what I saw. But let's go into our 40-20. Let's get into some of the news that we have that's coming out of the rugby league world and out of the NRL world and just out of the world itself, shall we? And the one that really, this is a story that really caught me off guard, and it really looks like it's b- picking up steam, is that Andrew and Maddie Johns have been in talks to come in to coach, to be either part of the coaching staff or to be the coaches of the Tawa Samoa rugby team, the international team. Now, looking at the Johns boys, I wouldn't think that any of them are, by, how should I say, Samoan. But are you really going to turn away Maddie and Andrew Johns to possibly coach your club? But it gets better. Because if I just told you that, you'd be like, huh, okay. We see what, what Andrew Johns does with halves. And there's a possibility that he could he could coach Jerome Luai in the halves if Jerome Luai actually says he wants to play for Samoa. But there's also talk that they could be joined by, are you ready? I hope you're all sitting down right now. S. B.W. That's right. Sonny Bill Williams is also in talks to be the third head in this gigantic hydra that could be coming into Samoa. Now, there's a problem. There's a problem. Their national coach right now is Matt Parrish. And for whatever reason, the Samoa Rugby Federation does not want to let Matt Parrish leave. 
And so a lot of people thought it was a dead point that if they're not going to let Matt Parrish leave, then or you know that he's not going anywhere, that these guys aren't going to come. But it still sounds like there's talk that these guys could come in. Now I don't know how this is going to work because the big rumblings are these main these big names that could say that they will play for Samoa. Their big thing is they don't want to play for Matt Parrish because the big talk out of camps is that Matt Parrish does not like the Samoan players to invoked their 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 national pride from singing to all of that he doesn't like that stuff to be in camp and to me that is what's made the Tonga team just so inspirational is and and if you've ever watched you know a Fiji match when the Fiji boys get in the, in the huddle and they and they pray as a team and as a unit I, I don't need to say anything else. So if that's true, and Matt Parrish is saying that, that he's a, he's not allowing the heritage and the pride to be experienced and, and, and shared and, 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 and embraced in, in training and at camp, he's got to go. He's got to go. Because the Samoan side has the real ability to be a, a powerhouse, a force. But they need everybody to be on board. They need all of these players that say that they possibly would come and play for Samoa to play. Or they're going to get boat raced out. They're going to get boat raced out. They've been passed by Fiji. They've been passed by, by, some, by, by Tonga. It just, it's a done deal. And that's just two of the Pacific clubs you're going to tell me that they're going to be better than New Zealand? They're going to be better than Australia? They're going to be better than, you know, the Brits? No. Not going to happen. So you've got to have a full loaded gun to go into the Rugby World Cup. Rugby League World Cup. You have to. You have to. So that's some, that's some big news. And it's going to be something to follow and to watch. Because myself, you've got to make that you've got to make that move. But do you allow Parrish to stay there and if you bring in these guys? Because right now what you're gonna do is you've got to get you've got to feel the room out to see if these guys would say, Oh, okay, the Johns boys and SBW's there, okay, I'll I'll play for you, even with Parrish there. Because if they if they'll say that, well I guess you can keep him. But if they still say we're not coming, Parrish is still there, he's gotta go. He's got to go. That's that's a no-brainer. Unless you want to just be an also-ran and try to battle the Cook Islands for showing. You determine that. But that is some real, real, real interesting news and, and going to be something fun to follow. Now, I know they've had a lot of bad news lately. I know they haven't had a lot to be proud of. I know they haven't a lot to, to, to really raise their fist to and say, yes, we're back. But this might be the start. Because Kevy finally got a signature. And he got a signature for a guy that he was really hoping for. Katoni Staggs has signed a four-year contract to stay with the Brisbane Broncos. That's huge. Because there was there were some real rumblings that the Eels were coming hard for him. Now, it looks like they did not want to give him that last year. It was going to be a three-year deal. The Broncos are giving him a four-year deal. But the big thing is he wants to play 5-8. He wants to be in the halves. And I don't, the Eels can't, you know, if the Eels keep, if the Eels keep Mitchell Moses, 
Are you going to say you're going to move Dylan Brown out of the halves? Or Mitchell Moses out of the halves? For Katoni Staggs? No, you're not doing that. So to an extent, it kind of was a no-brainer that he stayed there. But it's still a huge signature for Kevy to show that, that we're going to retain some of our talent. You know, we talked earlier in the, in the podcast that, you know, they've already lost, you know, Hollywood Walker, you know, and Reese. You got to keep somebody. Now, as good as that is and how good that news feels, now here comes the left cross that just caught you on the nose. Because it looks like Xavier Coates is out the door. And you start asking yourself, Tony Staggs, Xavier Coates. Well, truthfully, what you say is, I want both of them. But there's a real strong offer for Xavier Coates to go get coached by Bellyache. And I think he's very intrigued to go to Melbourne to be coached by Craig Bellamy. And just think what Xavier Coates could become if Craig Bellamy got to mentor him or if he got put in the system with the Storm players. He's already a freak watching him. But to be a disciplined freak, whoo, that's danger. That's straight danger. That's, that's, that's a code five right there. That's danger. Now, the Broncos are also in hot pursuit for Adam Reynolds. And I know we talked last week that it was really looking strong that he had a three-year deal that he was about ready to sign to go to the Cronulla Sharks. But that doesn't look like that's much of a done deal because the Broncos have been coming and coming and coming and coming. They've actually, the, the, the word is they've offered him the captaincy for the club and a three-year deal. So, you know, Tough. He's got a lot of family in Sydney. I'm saying he's been he's been in Sydney his whole life. So I don't think it's easy for, for Adam Reynolds to pick up his family and leave. And that's why a lot of people think that Cronulla, if he's got to leave, if he's got to leave the Bunnies, that, okay, well, all right, well, at least, you know, I can just stay in Sydney and just be down the street. All right, we know driving in Sydney, you're just not down the street between Cronulla and, and uh, South Sydney country. But they're still in the running. And if he likes the pieces that are put in place, and if he likes the setup, you know, who knows what happens. So good news. Finally, we can talk, you know, besides the big comeback, the largest comeback in Brisbane Broncos history against the Titans this last weekend, the Tony Stagg signing. Maybe we're trending upwards. If we're a Brisbane Broncos side, we'll have to see. But that's that's a good start. Katoni Staggs staying for four years with the Brisbane Broncos. Now, I told you we had some real problems in Canberra. And I don't think we really all knew until things started to come out this about just the last couple of days. But Josh Hodgson has stepped down as being the team captain. And it's so crazy how this game works because if you think about it, when he blew his knee out last year, Josh Hodgson was the heartbeat. Him and Bateman were the heartbeat for the Canberra club, right? We we got word that Bateman was going back to England. That's probably good. No one can understand when Josh Bateman, when John Bateman talked anyway. But that was big because 
even though I say that joke about John Bateman, and just because you can't understand when he speaks, and he isn't speaking Russian, he still was the, the lifeblood of that club. He, you know, his spirit, his emotion, the way he played in your face, Bateman being Bateman was good for them. Period. Good. But the guy who steered the car was Josh Hodson. And now, for some reason, he's stopping down, stepping down as the captain of the club, the co-captain, I guess. But then you're hearing Jared Croker is having real problems off the field, that he's actually got rid of all this social media because the Canberra fans have been coming for him. And I don't know how you do that. I'm saying the guy, the guy is, he's green through and through. He's mean green through and through. And to turn on a guy like that or to say bad things to him like that, I'm telling you, I love my podcast with you, Shedheads. You probably see I don't have a gigantic presence on social media because I'm not a big social media guy. I think for as much positive as as, as it's out there for it, there's a lot of just garbage. Like, I don't understand why there's a million people following somebody because they look good in a bikini. Now, I do think you look good in that bikini, but really? There's been a lot of people that look good in bikinis for the last, since the bikini was invented. But I don't know why, just because you look good smiling at me, somebody's just following you. Or why you're getting endorsements. Okay, I'm done. I'm not getting into this. But what I'm saying is, he's left. He's left, he's left social media because trolls have run him off. They've run him off. And so now you have a captain that's not playing. You have a captain that isn't back fully yet because I don't think he's coming back till next week. Hodgson's not scheduled to come back till next week. And now there's rumblings that the Brisbane Broncos might be trying to lure him up to, to Brisbane. And we just got done talking about the Broncos and how they're trying to change their culture in their club. So I don't know what's going what's going down with Sticky and the boys down there. I'm not even going to get into the story about a, a player's wife venting on social media about her husband's playing time. But the one thing that Sticky's always been doing and he's had since he's been with Canberra is a tight-knit unit. Those guys played hard for one another. They gave everything they could for one another. They played strong and hard for Ricky. And you just wonder if that's fraying a little bit. If Ricky's emotion, if if maybe Ricky went a little too hard when they started when they had a couple of bad games. And his big decision making of dropping players, moving guys, if that was not met with the same type of, we're all on board for this. But it's cr- it's crazy for me to be having this conversation with you, Shedheads, right now. After we watched that Canberra club get so close to a grand final last year, when they re- when no one gave them a chance to even make it anywhere as close to as far as they made it in the season, with the results that they did. So, we say it over and over again, 
Rugby league is a finicky game. Well, hello finicky. Because Canberra right now is living in the finicky world. Well, I told you about these guys. And I told you I'm a big fan of Todd Payton up in North Queensland. And him really setting things up. Him getting Chad Townsend and then and then Dearden coming over from the Broncos. Well, we started to wonder what was going to happen to Scott Drinkwater. Well, I think that's been answered now. Because Drinkwater signed a two-year contract extension to stay there. Because now we might have a chance of either seeing, for sure, you got Chad Townsend at the seven, at halfback. But now I think you're going to see Dearden fighting with Scott Drinkwater for that other half position to, to line up with Chad Townsend. And I'm going to say how, 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 how Drinkwater's playing this season... It's not a gimme that Dearden's going to come up there and start next year. And this thing about that, if Dearden goes up to North Queensland and doesn't start, and Drinkwater holds on to that 5'8 job, how far is this kid's star falling? I'm saying they were predicting that he was going to be the halfback for the Brisbane Broncos for the next 10 years. They just didn't want to play him too early. They, you know, I remember watching his first match, and he had his parents in the crowd, and there was a bunch of people from school all up in the crowd, all going crazy. And now he's going to have to leave Brisbane. And it's not because they outbid him. The Broncos didn't even, they didn't even tender an offer to the guy. So, so you know, yeah, there's rumblings that, 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 Brisbane, Queensland's getting ready to get another NRL club that they're about ready to sign paperwork for another, you know, a second Brisbane squad, club, whatever you want to say. They're going to have to do something because right now there's some real struggling going on with all the Queensland sides. And like I said, I, I think Todd Payton is, is setting himself up to be very, very good next year. But I think there's a lot of questions for all these clubs to ask themselves. And a real hard look in the mirror for all of them. And then I'm finishing my news, our 40-20. I don't know if you saw it. But over in the Super League, there was a GI spotting. So much so that Greg Inglis has scored his first try for the wire. That's right. The Warrington Wolves and GI beat Hall KR 50-26 to this last week and GI scored with a fend and really kind of looking like a man amongst boys going over that line. Like there wasn't anything that was going to keep GI from scoring. And with that being his first game, you just wonder what this guy's going to look like five rounds from now, six rounds from now, when he really gets his legs under him, when he really starts feeling that he's back. He really starts feeling his lungs, feeling like, okay, I can do this. That is a good, good sign for the Warrington Wolves. A good, good sign for the Warrington Wolves. But I think more importantly, welcome back, GI. It's been way, way too long. Uh, you've been missed. And I think a lot of us thought we would probably never see you in a, in a jersey again, but we did. So welcome back and, and congratulations, Warrington, for a steal. Now, I'm going over this and looking because, you know, I don't like to, you know, I, I never run away from, how should I say, and when, I've, when I've made some bad decisions. So let's look at this really quick. Okay. Okay. 
No. No. Okay, three for five. Four for five. Well, it looks like I broke 500 again for last week. One, two, yeah, three, four. Yeah, well, thank you, Dragons, and, and uh, well, the Cowboys, that's what happens when you let teams get so far up on you. We won't talk about that right now. Um, but 500. So I guess what? We didn't lose money. We broke even. But this week, Shedheads, your Shed Adamas is coming. He's done some real research. And it's time for you. What we're going to do is that we're going to call this Mother's Day round. So I want all of you guys to put on your favorite pink, your favorite pink jersey. Get it out. Because what we're going to do is Papa's got a brand new bag. We're going to say this is the Mother's round revenge round where we make some money. So let's go over this. Thursday night, storm at Rabbitohs. We got the bunnies all day. And Benji Marshall's Fox Marshall socks. Like I said, go pick your, yourself up a pair of socks for the little misses. Or that's okay. Pick a pair of socks up for yourself. Put that little sex trophy's face all over them and you're good to go. That's right. I said it. Get a pair of socks with your favorite kid's face on them. Now, if you've got multiple kids, or if you're like some professional athletes that have eight kids, that's your problem. Maybe you're going to have to buy a whole six-pack of socks. But. If you just got one or two of those beautiful little sex trophies, you just put their heads over maybe one of them and then put their heads over the other one of them. But just follow it and go with it. But, I'm listen, I'm going out of the tangent on socks. But the only thing that matters is bunnies tonight. FS, FS2, we've got this match so you can watch it on the big screen. Crank up that 70-inch. Let's go. Benji Marshall, bunnies. Tomorrow. Sharks at Panthers. I told you, I'm not picking against the Panthers again for a while. And we've talked about the Sharks being in trouble. We're not doing it. I've got the Panthers. Then Roosters and Eels. I hate to say this because I don't like to bet against Hollywood Walker. But this battle of halves, we've got we've got Walker against Mitchell Moses. And I've got to go with the informed side right now. you got the Gutherino, Clint Gutherson. I'm going Eels. Saturday. We've got four matches for the day of Saturday. Knights at Raiders. Even though that looks like there's a little, the, the harmony is not strong with the Raiders. I'm going with the Raiders. The Knights' misery continues. Titans at the Tigers. Yep, I'm going with the Titans. I think Justin Holbrook's a little bit better coach than Madge. And I think that he has more weapons. Even though Kazi's out. I know, but I've got the Titans. Broncos at the Cowboys. Even though I, you know, you know me, I'm a huge fan of Todd Payton. We're going Broncos. We're going Broncos. I know it's up at Townsville, but I'm still going Broncos. Warriors at the Seagulls. Now, this is really crazy because a lot of people don't know this, but Manly has had problems winning at home. For the last two seasons. And I will tell you, I know the answer to this. That is because Manly has played like crap since they changed the name from Brookvale Oval to Lotto Land. Why the hell would you be scared to go to a place called Lotto Land? No. Now, 
If I say you got to go win at Fortress Brookie, Fortress Brookvale, ooh, ooh, ooh. And you're going to hear a singing Desi. Desi's back, back again. You're going to hear all, no, that's trouble. So, Manly, I'm going to help you right now. Just like I helped the AFL and Fox Sports come back together, I'm going to help you win at home. Get rid of Lotto Land. The money they're paying you to call your beautiful stadium that isn't worth it. Back to Brookie. And I don't even call it Lotto Land. Even though, because guess what? I'm not getting paid. It's Brookvale Oval to me. Will always be Brookvale Oval to me. Fortress Brookie. But if you want to change your fortunes, you get rid of Lotto Land. But after I said all of that, I was picking Manly anyway. So we've got the Sea Eagles over the Warriors. And then on Sunday, boy, this is a real. This is the match I was telling you about. Who, who, which dragon side do we see? And I think the Dragons still beat the Bulldogs. I think it's a perfect match for, for the Dragons to get back righted, to try to get back and stay in the top eight, and to believe, and let me say that again, to believe in what they've been trying to put together and do. Now, Red V, don't make me look stupid. Jack Bird, get out there and tackle somebody. Be the Jack Bird I know you can be because my, my, my son, you're close to an origin performance. You're about ready to get a call up. Stay healthy, Jack. So, normally we'd be pivoting to the guns. But guess what? Pause for effect. We're not going to the guns right now. We've got some AFL to talk about. That's right. Welcome back, footy. Welcome back, AFL. It's so good to have you back stateside. It's so good to have you back. So I'm going to go over some of the scores of the week for you that we have. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to do a little bit of pivoting. We're going to talk a little bit more about the game and the breakdowns because I got to get into the flow again. I got to start watching my matches in detail, but let's go over some scores. First, the big match to me, and a lot of people have been talking about this. I've been reading about it. I've been listening to it. Was was Richmond dead? Richmond was going to go up against a west a western bulldog club that has been flying to start the season. A top 4 side and the Tigers fighting to stay in the eight, right? Right? Everyone's saying the new blood. Richmond, your old blood. Well, guess what? That old blood still got the belt around their well with their waist. Tigers 77, Bulldogs 55. So the Tigers, even without Dustin Martin, who's on sabbatical visiting his father in New Zealand, the Tigers still handle business. How do I say that again? Handle business. Yellow and black. Suns 79, Pies 55. Collingwood, just like I was asking St. George who you are, unfortunately, Collingwood, I think we know who you are. You're in trouble. You're one in six. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. And I don't think it gets any easier for you guys going forward. Giants... 106, Crows 39. Everybody was all on the Crows bandwagon thinking they were going to be just flying. That dirty bird was up there just taking care of... Well, not anymore. Greater Western Sydney brought you back to reality. Then we had a real blowout that a lot of people... 34 nothing at half. 
Saints 128, the Hawthorne Hawks 59. Boy, really sad to see a Hawthorne club. Matter of fact, I was in Melbourne when 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 they won their third premiership in a row. Um, I actually got to, I was outside of the MCG at a big watch party. Uh, I was not a big fan of the Eagles or the Hawks, so there was no reason to try to put the money down to try to go inside the stadium. Plus, I was with a beautiful woman. So, I, you know, I, 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 if I'm with a beautiful woman, I can be anywhere. So I decided to stay outside the stadium with my beautiful woman and watch at a watch party. But it was fun, and I enjoyed it. And that beautiful woman hasn't gone anywhere. I'm sorry, ladies. I might have just broke some hearts around the world. But anyway, that being said, wow, the Hawks have fallen, haven't they? Yeah, all of that went off of the Hawthorne Hawks just scoring 59 points. Anyway, the match that I did get to watch was the Lions and the Power, and it was very hard to watch it. And the reason I say it was I knew that it was going to be a tussle. I knew it was going to be a tough match. But it wasn't really much of a match at all. The Brisbane Lions just handed them, just handled the power. You know, and, and I know that Bokey, Travis Boke wasn't in the side. Sam Powell Pepper was back for the first time this season. And they just were off. The, the chemistry was just not there. For, for, the, for Port Adelaide. And for as bad as Port Adelaide played, the Brisbane Lions rose to the occasion. The Brisbane Lions have dominated the last four appearances or, or the last four meetings against Port Adelaide. And it did not stop. It did not stop. So, big victory for the Lions. Uh, big victory. Then we had probably the match of the round. The Geelong Cats and the Bloods. The Sydney Swans. Two-point victory. Swans 90, Cats 88. Uh, great match, which it was a match that they would have actually shown this week here. Did not get that one. But uh, the Swans continue their rebirth. That, that fiery white bird is still fighting, squawking, and chasing kids around the park. Let me put it to you that way. Swans looking good. And then to me, the team, the surprise... The team that right now looks like they're ready for all comers. The D's. The Melbourne Demons, 103. And those poor, pouchless Sydney, I mean, excuse me, North Melbourne Roos. Oof, the kangaroos. Anyway, 73. Boy, I, oof. It's going to be a long season for North Melbourne fans. And, and you know what? Wait a second. I just heard something in my earpiece. Oh, North Melbourne fans already said it's already been a long season. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's not going to get any shorter. You're in trouble, North Melbourne, and it's going to get bad. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. I'm, I'm promising you that right now. And I don't even have disdain. I, I, I like North Melbourne, but I don't like them enough to ever bet on them. So, uh, again, bad beating. And then the Blues... Beat the Bombers, Essendon. Essendon, you're also not a club that's really shown as much as some people were hoping this year. But the Blues, Carlton, 123, Bombers, 107. The Carlton Blues, big young side. Um, again, trying to find their place in this whole thing. Uh, they played really well last year. And I think that I really think the Carlton Blues are going to find a way to get into the top eight and stay in the top eight and make it to the finals this year. And then... We have the Western Derby. I don't know how many percentages of people were allowed in the stadium. I did watch some of the match. 
Uh, I got to see Nat Fife looking like he just went 12 rounds with Tyson. That has a good shiner Nat Fife hat on his eye. I still don't understand why he's got the samurai bun, but that's me. I don't have that much hair on top of my head. Now, I have good lettuce. Let me Wait a second. Let me stop you right now. I have good hair. I just keep it short. I just keep it short. And I don't... Listen, I have good hair. Matter of fact, I had a lot of hair on my head until recently. But that's for me to know and for you guys just to hear me talk about it. But the Eagles 132, the Dockers 73. Um, West Coast, again, looking like... They're getting things figured out and are, are going to continue to be uh, what they've been over the last few seasons. Now, I told you we're going to start talking more and more AFL, but what we're just going to do this week is I'm going to tell you the match of the round. And as you can guess, we still haven't got it fully right. I'm sorry all of my shedheads here in the United States. Um, this match, somehow, with it looking on paper, has not found its way on our television screens, but somehow the North Melbourne is on our television screens again this week. But the Melbourne Demons versus the Sydney Swans is my match of the round. And if you can find a way to watch this match, watch this match. I'm telling you, it is going to be a fun one. It is going to be a good one. So that is my match of the round to watch for week eight. D's and the Bloods. So really excited for that one. So, let's get into the guns. And it was tough. It was really tough. I have one that some of you guys might go, really? And guess what I'm going to say? I'm your Shed Adamas. Yes. So, my number one gun, Sam Walker. Hollywood Walker. One try. Five for seven on conversions. 80 running meters. One line break. One line break assist. Three try, four, excuse me, four try assists, three tackle breaks, 19 tackles made, and 211 kicking meters. Those are some numbers. Those are some numbers for a guy that it's his fifth game. It is his fifth game, and he's one try assist less than Jerome Luai right now. That's how, that's how good, that is how well Hollywood Walker's going right now. Now, he may look like Hermie the Christmas Elf from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But he's a gun. And maybe he only wanted to be a dentist in life. And if he did just want to be a dentist, let the man be a dentist. But Sam Walker's my number one gun. My number two gun, the Gutherino. Yes, Dom, I picked your man. Clint Gutherson, two tries. 261 running meters, three line breaks, one line break assist, 11 tackle breaks. Listen to that again. 11 tackle breaks and one tackle made. That's right. Gutho put one major tackle in. But I think I figured out why the 11 tackle breaks. I think people have a problem tackling Gutho because of that, the flow of his hair. It's like a fire. It just blows out the back. And I don't think people know to, to tackle forward or tackle backwards. And then the mustache. I think Vonnie, I think Von Sampson called him, <laughs> called him Blue Steel. Because he looked like, he looks like a corrupt cop. But even with that being said, hey, I live in America. I know a lot about corrupt cops. But what I'm saying is, Clint Gutherson, 
Him mugging down and looking at the camera, fixing the mustache, making sure the lettuce looks good. You got to love Gutho. You got to love Gutho. So, so Clint Gutherson's my number two gun. And then my number three. And this is the one I said that you guys were going to say, really? And I said, yeah, really. My number three is Tyson Gamble. The halfback this week for the Brisbane Broncos. And the reason I say that is sometimes it isn't a matter of how many tries you make. Sometimes it's not a matter of the things, the stats that just go off the board, like 300 running meters or anything like that. To me, is what you add to your side. And what Tyson Gamble added to the Brisbane Broncos' side was stability. And even though they were down 22 to nothing, they didn't waver. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't drop the way they played the ball. They just continued to attack the game. And so Tyson Gamble had 81 running meters, one line break assist, one try assist, excuse me, one try assist, 25 tackles made, and 186 kicking meters. Now, I know those numbers are not off the board, but those guys fed off of Tyson Gamble. And that was his first game. I'm telling you, watch Tyson Gamble this week against the Cows. I think this kid is going to put a masterclass performance in, and I, I just think that he knows what he's been handed. He's been handed a lifeline, and I don't think he's going to let get get rid of it. And he's strong. He's a big, strong kid, too. So he's not, you know, nothing against Sam Walker. You know I love Hollywood Walker. He's my number one, my number one gun of the week. But, but, but Tyson Gamble can take a tackle, and he's going to be able to inflict a little bit of pain if he needs to. He's a big strapping kid, and I think he's one for us to watch going forward. So, so Tyson Gamble is my number three gun. Now, we had a lot to talk about this week, Shedheads. So what I'm going to say when I go outside the bubble is Trevor Lawrence was your number one draft pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. There it was, outside the bubble. I'm done with that. So that was the excitement. No, one of the last things I want to talk about, you guys know I love hockey. I love hockey. Hockey to me is fast. It's brutal. It's a war of attrition. It takes moxie and smarts and a bravado. And I think I think as a human being, if you can have all of those elements as a person, you're pretty damn cool. And to me, that's what hockey is. Now, hockey that I grew up watching isn't kind of the hockey that's been played recently. Um, you know, there's instigator penalties and you've kind of taken away a lot of the ability to protect your own teammates because, eh, you know, eh, you know, we, we're going to throw an extra 10-minute misconduct or game, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. But it just isn't the same game to an extent. Well, that kind of changed yesterday. In the Rangers, excuse me, not yesterday, two days ago. The Rangers and the Washington Capitals. Because there was a big scrum that happened behind the match, behind the net. And I know when I say scrum, we just got to talk about rugby league. It's not that type of a scrum. It's just a bunch of guys coming together. And bad blood going, coming forward. And one of these players who, I don't know how do we say this, he is a guy that some people say is an agitator. 
they say that he kind of looks for problems. Um, yeah, we'll just say that. But anyway, he did a cheap shot to an extent. He hit a guy when he was down. Uh, the guy's got a helmet on. It wasn't like he wasn't going to get up. But he did he did take a, a little, little bit of a liberty with him. And that, how should I say again, set off a wave of emotion. Now, this wave of emotion got so bad that, all right, I'll tell you the, the player's name. It's Tom Wilson. And some people can't stand Tom Wilson. I think it's not a matter of not liking Tom Wilson. It's a matter of having a guy on your team like, quote-unquote, the, the Vegas Golden Knights where I've got Ryan Reeves. So, Tom Wilson, you go around the ice acting like a jackass. You deal with Revo. You, de- you deal with the Grim Reaver. The problem is a lot of teams don't have a player on their field or on their team or on their roster that can stand up to some of these guys. The Boston Bruins have Trent Fredrickson. So some clubs have them. And a lot of clubs don't. They don't have a heavyweight. They don't have a guy that is skilled with the stick and is skilled with his fists. So he started throwing around Rangers players. And the Rangers were incensed. So much so that the Rangers president and GM sent a message to the NHL and wanted him suspended. Well, he only got he only got fined five thousand dollars, and the Rangers were incensed. They called Peros, who is the one of the the, the head officials uh, that makes decisions of suspensions. Blah blah blah. They called George Peros. They called him a, a joke, and he does and he, that he doesn't need to have his position. Well, it came down today that those two. I don't want to say those guys wrote the letter. But the president of the GM of the New York Rangers was fired today. So that didn't go off well for them. But tonight, the Rangers got to play the Washington Capitals again. And from the opening face-off of the match, three fights broke up, broke out right in the middle. Like, centerman, right wing, left wing, let's go. It's just on. And in the first five and a half minutes of the game... There were six fights. And to me, I'm not saying that I'm a guy that says that you just have to have fighting in hockey, but I have no problem with fighting in hockey. And I think that is what makes it, to me, a beautiful sport is because so much can be policed on ice. I told you if I ran the NRL, I'd bring the Biff back tomorrow. You know, none of these guys really ever do anything, and it's usually a big guy against a big guy. You don't see a little guy trying to fight a big guy. And that is sometimes what keeps guys from doing something stupid. You don't want to get knocked out, period. But again, maybe I'm just an old school guy. But to me, it was so, it was such a breath of fresh air seeing the Rangers taking it to the Capitals from a physical standpoint because one of their guys got injured in that whole fracas that happened. But they said, you know what? If you're not going to do it, we'll, we'll take care of this ourselves. Now, it did look like uh, a dating game with as many guys that were in the penalty box for both clubs, but it really just made me feel young and youthful, and it made me remember old school hockey, seeing that. So that is what I wanted to go with, and I know a lot of you are like, wow, Shedadamas, 
going off on a tangent. Well, yes, I did. And that is how much the game of, of hockey means to me and how much I love it. And we will be talking about it um, just like I'll be talking about the NBA playoffs in, in, in a lot more detail because we're getting close to playoff season. Um, there's some clubs that this their last four, five games of the season for the NHL. And I think the NBA has another two weeks left and they're in the playoffs. So we're getting around to some really fun, the really, really, really fun time of the year. Um, so I'm so, in, I'm just so enthused and excited to express and to be able to bring this to you. But that is going to wrap us up for this week. So Shedheads, like I tell you, thank you for joining me. If you enjoyed this, please send me a message. I just got done yelling about, about uh, social media. Send me a message on, on Instagram. Send a post, whatever. Uh, but definitely follow. Give us a look. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. Let's bring more people to the, to the Shedhead family. But until next week, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I'm Corey Jackson. Can't wait till next week. See ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 